Welcome to Spirits, a drunken dive into myths and legends. Every episode, we will mix and cocktail or uncork a bottle and discuss a new myth from somewhere in the world. You'll hear our take on familiar figures from Greek, Norse, and Egyptian traditions and learn something new about the urban legends of Florida, London, New Jersey, and more. And did we mention we're pretty funny? I hope so. We're your hosts, two friends who are internet people and deeply bookish history nerds. Julia, why don't you start? Sure. I'm Julia. Spirits is born out of my lifelong love for mythology, from my elementary school library all the way to university history and religious studies departments. You're deep into internet things, too, though. That's right. Urban legends, community myths, X-File kind of things. All of it fascinates me, and especially uh, what these stories say about those of us who keep telling them. Those who keep the myths alive. Julia should be everybody's phone a friend for mythology and history questions. And you're my person for literary trivia. Oh, well, thanks. I'm Amanda, the mythology layperson in this duo. I'll be learning along with you, the listener, in each episode, asking questions and providing verbal emoji as we go. I think they call those reactions? Shh. Anyway, we're really excited to get started. Episode one starts on familiar ground with an ancient Greek myth that you may have encountered before. The story of Persephone and Haiti. Don't forget the fateful pomegranate and spot. You'll have to listen to find out why the Greeks were the OG dog namers. We hope you'll like what you hear. Please subscribe to Spirits in iTunes or your preferred podcast app and follow us on social media at Spirits Podcast. And leave us a review if you're so inclined. We also have a Patreon page where you can sign up for exclusive behind-the-scenes photos, audio extras, blooper reels, and beautiful recipe cards with custom drink and snack pairings to go along with each show. This week's drink features pomegranates. Very on-brand, Jules. I try. And now, spirits. The Greeks did a lot of, like, weird stuff. Like, they're off, like, you know, having sex with their sisters, marrying what? people, raping swans, like, that kind of thing. Like, it's, uh, they did weird stuff. I mean, all I really know is that the urns and the pottery and the statues that I've seen. The naked bodies on the urns I don't, and the weird dicks. I don't think I see all of that stuff in popular culture. And I mean, the Hercules movie, things don't really get that weird there. Well, because it's a Disney movie. You just have James Woods yelling and turning fiery. <laughs> well, really... that's all I know about the Greeks. I know that there's Zeus. There's something called Mount Olympus. Um, there's different gods of various things. Apollo has wings on his feet or something. That's pretty much what I'm coming that's here with. Hermes, but yeah. Okay. Pretty close. Um, but basically, what you need to know is all the important Greeks are related in some way. Greek mytholo- uh, Greek gods are all related in to some way. To each other. Like to each other. Okay. Because they're all, like, basically brothers and sisters or children of those brothers and sisters. So where where did they come from? What, what were they made out of? They were born... So the Greeks personify basically everything. So, like, anything they don't understand, they're like, that's a god of the ocean or the sky or the earth or the wind or love, like, even, like, non-physical things. Um, So they're born from the Titans. The Titans are, like, big gods, basically, who, like, control big aspects. So uh, Cronus is the god of, like, time. Okay. And the earth. Oh, interesting. So this sort of, like... You know, he created time, he created light, Mm -hmm. he created the earth, he created the water. Right. So 
he is married to his sister Gaia, who is the goddess of the earth. That one I've heard of before. Yes. Is the marrying the sister thing, is that just how it works? It's like the weird, like, Harry Potter pureblood kind of thing, where it's just like they want to keep it in the family so you're not corrupted. So you don't dilute the power. Exactly. And interesting. So when we talk later about, you know, relations with relations, if you want to put it that way. It doesn't matter. It's not, like, weird for the Greeks. They're like, yeah, it makes sense because there's only so many gods and they all have to have children and stuff. I see. And so Cronus and Gaia have... A bunch of kids. And so Cronus finds out from another one of his, like, sister ti- his sister titans or brother titans that right. there's a prophecy that one of his children is going to kill him. Interesting. And take over. This plotline I've heard of before. I guess something that we're going to see a lot as the series goes on is that many of the stories and plot lines that we think about now and the things that we see in soap operas and the, the movies that first. we write about, the Greeks did a long time yes. ago. So that's one of them, the... The my son might kill me plotline. So the son, he, in order to kind of make sure that none of his children kill him, as soon as Gaia like pops them out when she's pregnant, right. he eats them. Uh, that'll do it. That'll do it, right? <laughs> like they can't kill him from inside. Um, or can they? Hmm. Not really. But um, <laughs> so Gaia finally is like, listen, I'm tired of you eating my children. So she pretends to give birth and like gives him this rock baby and secretly like has birth, uh, has the child who ends up being Zeus, like in the ocean somewhere and then gives him to a bunch of like, farmers so that they can take care of him. So Zeus is the one surviving child of the Titans. Right. And so when Zeus grows up, he's able to kill his father Cuts open his stomach. All his siblings are, like, alive and okay for whatever reason. Because they're the whale style. Right. They're gods. They can't really die even if they're being, like, digested for hundreds of years or whatever. So uh, Cronus essentially made just, like, a Faraday cage of his stomach. Yes. <laughs> he just kept them safe. Absolutely. And so he kills Cronus. And so Zeus... Zeus kills Cronus. Zeus kills Cronus. Right. Frees all his siblings and becomes king of the gods. Interesting. So did they grow up on what we think of as the Earth, or is there a special, like, god plane? Yes, the Earth is their domain, but there's, like, a place where the gods, like, hang out, and that's Mount Olympus. Got it. Which is, like, giant mountain, the gods hang up on top, like, where no humans can reach, so. Got it. It's, like, a good, like, kind of excuse, like, why don't we see the gods? Oh, they're all on Mount Olympus, and we can't climb up that high. Right. Pretty Just out of reach. Right. And so each of the gods kind of becomes like get gains dominion over a certain aspect of culture. So there's a god, uh, Zeus becomes the king god and becomes the god of like lightning in the sky. Mm-hmm. He marries his sister Hera. She becomes the goddess of like marriages and the household. Interesting. Um, then his like brothers, Poseidon gets dominion over the ocean. Right. Hades gets dominion over the underworld. Interesting. Uh, and then his other sister, Demeter, gets dominion over, like, the earth and fertility and, like, growing plants and stuff And like in that. time, we'll delve a little more into each of those. And we will. So we're going to talk a little bit about the story of Persephone and Hades, which is kind of a really important myth uh, in Greek culture, and we'll see why later. So is Persephone one of Zeus's children? Persephone is the daughter of Demeter, but it's never really... Her parentage doesn't really matter in the storyline. Okay, so she is uh, descended from one of the original Zeus-level gods. Right. Cool. She uh, She's the daughter of Demeter, so she has uh, plant-like manipulation, that sort of thing. She's in charge of nature helping... Nature goddess. Nature goddess. She helps the plants grow, and she's more of the wild uh, plants, not so much the... Um, 
agriculture. The agriculture, like her mother is. So do little flowers spring up in her wake in her footsteps? That's like a really common, like kind of cultural understanding of her now. And it's like it totally could have worked. I don't know if they ever mentioned that exactly. But like maiden at the same time, she's like a young girl, like teenage, teenage virgin, uh, right? Like goddess connected to all potential budding, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so she was, like, kind of sought after by a bunch of the gods. Like, right. all of her uncles kind of, like, just wanted to bang her. That was just a thing I'm going to suspend judgment because <laughs> this is this is an anthropological exercise. Continue. But Demeter, like, wouldn't let her marry any of them. Okay. Because she's like, no, this is my baby. No one can have her. That sort of thing. Understandable. The god Hades, meanwhile, is kind of like, mm, she's pretty hot. And, like, it gets lonely down in the underworld. So uh, I need a wife. So is Hades evil? Hades isn't evil. Or is the underworld just where he's at? The underworld is just where he's at. It's a part of, like, Greek mythology. Like, it's a part of their culture. They don't, like, fear him, but they always, Uh like, they always, like, give him credit. Like, if there's, like, a, um, if there's a ritual going on, Hades is always, like, the last one to get stuff because they, they need to, like, honor him because he controls what happens to to them after they die. Right. But, like, he's always, like, the last thought. You know what I mean? Okay. He's, like, he he was the unlucky brother. He ended up in the underworld when his brothers got, like, the sky and the ocean. Oh, no. So he's kind of, like, a down-on-his-luck kind of figure. Like, he's kind of, like, melancholy a character. Aw. Hades is just lonely. He just wants a wife. (laughs) Pretty much. And so kind of being socially awkward like Hades is, he decides he's not going to like ask for Persephone's like hand in marriage or anything. That'd be too easy. He's just going to like grab her. So one day Persephone is just like walking through a field with a bunch of nymphs and stuff and like, you know, uh, frolicking in the flowers, that kind of thing. Right. Flowers opening, grass growing. Um, And all of a sudden... The earth opens up, (gasps) like fiery volcanic opening up, like crack in the ground. And Hades rides out in this like black chariot, just like (gasps) grabs her up. The nymphs like run away, like don't try to help whatsoever. And he drags her down into the underworld. Oh my gosh. The nymphs run back to Demeter because obviously like some shit just went down. Her daughter just got stolen up and brought into the the fucking ground. (laughs) So, and Demeter is like a wreck, but... The gods can't really go into the underworld. That's, like... That's his domain. It's his domain. Right. It's not really their area. They need, like, special permission to go down there. And the underworld has a bunch of, like, security measures. Like, there's a river that makes you forget everything about your life. Oh and, like, a giant three-headed dog named Cerberus who guards the entrances. <laughs> uh, Cerberus in Greek etymology means, like, spotted or dappled. So, like, literally Hades <gasps> named his dog He named his dog Spot! spot. <laughs> Such a fantastic name. I want to tell that fact to everyone I know. Absolutely, you do. What? It's like, it's basically like, if anyone's seen Harry Potter. Right. That's Fluffy, Fluffy. is Cerberus. <gasps> and that's where tradition starts. <laughs> and it's so, so good. But anyway, so Persephone is stuck down in hell. She's right. like. So Demeter can't go down to the underworld. Demeter can't go down. Because she's she, not allowed. It's too hard. So what does she do? So she goes and appeals to Zeus. Because Zeus is, like, the big dad. He's the king. He He's controls. got a Disney fast pass into the underworld if he wants it. Exactly. <laughs> and so Zeus is like, yeah, but, like, my brother needs a wife. And Demeter's like, no, that is my child. He can't just have her. He has to ask. Okay. And Zeus is like, fine. Okay. Here's the deal. 
I'll go and I'll send Hermes, who's the messenger god. Okay. I'll send him down to hell and he'll bring back Demeter. But the problem is, if she's eaten any food down in oh. the underworld, she has to like stay there with Hades. Interesting. So why is that the litmus test? It's just the Greeks are weird like that. And also like food is different in the underworld. So to eat food in the underworld means that you've sort of imbibed in the like sort of like the emotional connection to the underworld rather than the world of the living. Interesting. I can see it, too, because, you know, there might be a question of does she want to stay? Does she want to come back? And I guess eating the food implies a certain amount of comfort, right? Like exactly. you're, you're taking your shoes off, you're letting your hair down, you know, you're you're staying in the underworld a little bit. And these are gods we're talking about. They don't have to eat. Interesting. She chose to eat. And So does she? She does. She ends up eating four pomegranate seeds, which uh, Hades gives to her, which uh, once Hermes gets there and like finds out that that's what happened. Right. Uh, Zeus decrees that Persephone has to stay in the underworld for a third of the year. For four months. For four months out of the year. Oh. That's a pretty good custody sharing arrangement. I mean, like, yeah, yeah it kind of works. So they ended up they end up being married. Persephone is allowed to stay with her mother for eight months out of the year. Right. And has to return for four months out of the year to the underworld. So how does she feel about this? It's actually really interesting because of this. Persephone becomes a very dualistic uh, goddess. Right. Uh, she becomes, when she's home, she's the goddess of spring. She, the earth is reborn in her presence, that sort of thing. And then she, when she returns to the underworld, she is a very stoic, cold-hearted. They call her the goddess of iron Wow. in Greek mythology. She becomes a very dualistic, very different goddess when she's in one place or another. So you mentioned spring. Is this kind of the the Greek explanation of why the earth is cold and hard and inhospitable and unforgiving for roughly a third of the year? Exactly. Boom! Because the way that they describe it is that when, um, when Persephone and Demeter are rejoined together, there's that summer. Everything is wonderful. Aww. The plants come together. Harmony. Everything's harvested and yeah. it's wonderful. When uh, Persephone is starting to head back, um, Demeter starts to like wither and the uh, sure, ground her falls grief. away. Wow. Winter is the time when Persephone is in the underworld. Everything barren. is dead and barren. Yeah. And then when Persephone is coming home, it's springtime. Everything starts blossoming again and Aww. reborn from the death. Wow, in it's preparation so, for her return. Exactly. It's That's so, so poetic. cool. The Greeks are so good at just kind of taking things that they don't understand and creating stories about them in order to give explanation to it. And relatable stories, too. Yeah. Can everyone, you know, everyone can understand love for someone, missing someone, a parent's commitment to and love for a child, the grief when someone goes, whether you know, they're dying or they, they just move away from home. Absolutely. And the Greeks do such a good job of portraying the gods as human-like. Because these gods get jealous, they steal things away, they, you know, they take things and... They don't know how to ask someone to be their wife, so they just take them up out of the ground exactly. in a black chariot. Exactly. <laughs> and the Greeks just do such a cool job in creating mythology that has persisted and stories that we know for, like, thousands of years. Right, 3,000 years later. Yeah. So what is Hades like? Does, what does Persephone do? What does she get up to? Is it is it the kind of black, molten, lava, volcanic, you know, kind of image that I have in my head? I mean, it depends on the, like, period in which the... Um, the like poets are kind of writing about. Right. Um, the interesting part about Hades is he's not only the god of like death and the underworld, yep. he's also the god of like 
riches and minerals and gold because oh, these are things that you find in the resource. underworld. Exactly. Interesting. So he's just like, yeah, he's got like all these like terrible like souls are like kind of floating around like doing shit, but he's also like got all the diamonds in the world. Like wow. that's his just domain. So he's an interesting. So he god. doesn't have totally an odd lot. He has a little bit of no. He's of, got a little uh, bit of like nice stuff. Riches going on. in there with all the the magma. Yeah. When I picture, I mean, this is just my interpretation, but when I picture um, Hades, I picture like black skin, but also like kind of sparkly, like you know, mm. like gold dust in there, like, like onyx, kind of thing. right? Exactly. Oh. So I think that's that's sort of like you have to kind of take the good with the bad in Greek mythology. Like right. everyone has another side to them, which is wow. important. That's great. Yeah. So like, you know, next time you want to ask a girl out, don't just like grab her up in your chariot with like fire horses. <laughs> like be polite and ask her mother first. Exactly. Next time you want to ask somebody out, don't scare their squad off with a, a rift in the ground and an imposing black chariot. Maybe write her a letter. Maybe, maybe ask her mom. Probably would have made things a little bit easier. Yeah. Maybe we wouldn't have so much winter. Who knows? <laughs> Thanks, Persephone. Thanks, Persephone. Thanks, Hades. God damn it, Demeter. <laughs> Spirits was created by Julia Shafini and me, Amanda McLaughlin. It's edited by Eric Schneider with music by Kevin McLeod. Allison Wakeman designed our logo. Subscribe to Spirits on your podcast app to make sure you never miss an episode. Our website is spiritspodcast.com, and you can also find us at Spirits Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud. On our Patreon page, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast, you can sign up for exclusive content like behind-the-scenes photos, audio, extras, blooper reels, and beautiful recipe cards with custom drink and snack pairings to go along with each show. Every little bit helps as we get our first season off the ground. Even better, if you like the show, share it with your friends and review us on iTunes. Thanks so much for listening. Till next time.